Wake Forest coach Tom Walter joining us right now. Tom, great to have you on. Can you hear us? You got us good? I got you. Loud and clear. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations to Wake on, first off, an incredible season. But now let's focus on today. Uh, two of your best already getting picked so far. Tell me about what you think of where they're going and where they were picked in the draft and how excited you are. Man, we're beyond excited. Two, couldn't happen to two better guys. They're, they're even better people than they are ball players. Come from great families. We're so proud of both those guys. The, as I, I tell both of them, I said the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers got better today. So fire it up. Same division, too. So let's start with Rhett Lauder, who, according to most, was probably the second best college pitcher this year pretty easily, right? And I'm sure you'd make a case that he was the best. He's going to Cincinnati. And we've been talking a lot about how quickly a player can impact his major league ball club. The Reds are like the talk of the sport right now for what they're doing this year. Do you think that you could see Rhett in the major leagues with a team that could use starters by next year? Uh, no doubt. I, I think he'll be in the big leagues next year. Again, what happens this year certainly remains to be seen, but who knows? He might help them down the stretch this year if they're in a, in the playoff hunt come September, and I expect them to be. Do you get that? Do you get these guys ready for the big leagues, or do you get them ready to win a national championship? Well, we do both. I think. I think we do a really good job of both, and I think that's a great question because I think some teams put all the focus on winning and not as much on development and getting them ready for the next level. But uh, we're very mindful about both. You know, our guys Brock Wilkins spent a lot of time swinging with the wood bat. You know, we, we spent a lot of time on his athleticism and the type of swing he has, I think, is going to hold up at the next level. And same thing with Rhett. You know, he's, his, he's going to need that slider at the next level, and he's worked really hard at improving that pitch. I, along those lines, we talk about getting them ready for the majors. How many MLB clubs have come through to look at y'all's pitching lab? I've had teams describe it to me as better than they could hope to have at their, you know, for them organization. Yeah, I think, I think quite honestly, all 30 teams have been through and, and they've sent like between five and seven guys at a time through just to see, I think a couple of organizations basically cloned exactly what we have. And, you know, the, the key to our, our lab is just the collaboration that we have between Kristen Nicholson, the biomechanist and our pitching coach, Corey Mascara, Mike McFerrin, our pitching lab director, our analytics guy, Chris Lewis. You know, our team doctor, Dr. Waterman, and, and on down the list. I mean, we just have a great team of people that are constantly collaborating about what these guys should do in the weight room, what they should do pre-throw, post-throw. So it's not as simple as just, you know, designing pitches. It goes into the weight room and in the training room, too. Coach, how's the golf game? And then after that, can you get the White Sox to come? Because they have a team right in Winston-Salem. And their pitching has been bad. So can you get them just to send their minor leaguers over to learn from you guys? Since apparently you guys have a staff of 42 people. We, we, we're we ready for them, AJ. We, we can bring anybody in at any time. We've had a bunch of big leaguers come through uh, the lab this year, and, and we're getting more and more traction every year from pro guys wanting to come through and, and get evaluated. So it's been really cool watching it come together. Well, I want to know how you – well, you – you guys made it to the World Series, obviously. Louder versus Skeens. Is that the best college pitching matchup you've ever seen? Because I'm watching it on my couch, and those two guys were unbelievable. 
man, it, it was like a heavyweight fight. It was just punch, you know, counter punch and, and one guy after the next. It was just, you know, I, I felt bad for the players on that day as, you know, it, it was tough going both sides of the baseball and, and uh, you know, we obviously came out on the short end. And I haven't brought myself to watch that game yet. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not sure that I can that I'm emotionally ready for that yet. But uh, one of these days, I'll sit down and watch just and, and appreciate just what a great game that was. All right. Well, one of these days, an NL Central matchup is going to be Rhett versus Brock. Who do you think wins this matchup? And don't give me the coach answer. They're not playing for you anymore. Who wins this Ooh. matchup more times than not? And don't say the pitcher. I'll tell you, it, in scrimmages, it's been pretty 50-50. Brock is more than most has held his own against Rhett. Some of the things that Rhett does well, Brock also does well. So, I, you know, I think it's one of those things where um, there's going to be a lot of pride involved in that matchup, and that matchup might be really soon. And um, I, I'm going to put it at 50-50. I mean, I, I'm going to say that Brock that Brock holds his own. But Rhett, Rhett's for sure. Well, 50-50 for a hitter, that's the Hall of Fame. So break break, break <laughs> down Brock a little bit for us. Let us know. We'll let the Brewer fans know what they're getting from him. Man, power to all fields, unbelievable work ethic, unbelievable teammate, just the kind of guy that is infectious to be around, brings energy every day. You know, the players, his teammates love him. Little kids love him in the, in the ballpark. You know, he's their favorite guy. You know, so it's just one of those guys that just brings it every single day. And and like I said, power to all fields. The defense is, is key, can definitely stay at third. I know there were some questions about that in this draft, but in my mind, he can 100% stay at that position. What does he have to work on? I think just continuing to get better. You know, his if you look at the last two months of Brock Wilkins' junior year, the last two months, and his chase rate went way down. Swing and miss rate went way down. The walk numbers went way up. So I, I think he's really trending in a good direction. I think he really just kind of settled in and really started to let the game come to him. And if he continues to do that, man, it's going to be a, he's going to be a fast mover through an organization. Speaking of fast movers, we talked about y'all's pitching lab, how advanced Rhett is. How much time do you think it will take? What does Rhett Louder have to work on to be big league ready? Well, I think he's I think he's pretty close. You know, Rhett can throw the baseball to all four quadrants. He can throw the he can he can ride his fastball up in the zone when he wants. He can sink it down to both sides. His changeup is a plus plus pitch. The slider is getting better and better. You know, I think the slider is the key. As that continues to improve and becomes as good as the other two pitches, you know, I, I don't know how you I don't know how you deal with this guy because whatever the hitter does well. Rhett can counter that. And there's just not many pitchers, pitchers that have those kind of dimensions that they can throw at you. There's not many people that have his hair either. <laughs> no, he's my big time hair. I love it. You know, in the recruiting process, he, he really wanted to come to wake and, and thank God we were smart enough to eventually figure out that we should let him. And, um, and he said, he goes, look, if I have to cut my hair to come to wake, I will. And, and as soon as he said that I was in on the hair, I'm like, you know what? As long as you're willing to cut it, I'm in like, keep the hair. Good answer. You're not the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Coach, who's next to wake? Who's next to wake? We we just saw you have two first round picks made it to the final four at the College World Series. So who's next? Yeah, I think Seth Keener and, and Sean Sullivan uh, both have a have a chance to go today later in the day. Won't be in the in the next 15 picks or so. But 
you know, at the end of the day, to, at the end of the night tonight, I think you could see Seth Keener. He's a right-hander. Um, and, and Sean Sullivan, a left-hander. You could see both those guys go here tonight. Okay. And then in the pipeline that way for next year, let's say 2024 oh, draft. Well, yeah, we've got Nick Kurtz, our first baseman. I mean, that cat. I mean, he's gonna. If he's not one of the first ten picks, I'll be I'll be flabbergasted. We've got Josh Hartle. If, if Rhett Lauder hadn't have been the ACC pitcher of the year this past year, Josh Hartle would have been the ACC pitcher of the year. So we've got a left-hander in Josh Hartle. You know, four-pitch mix left-hander whose velocity is continuing to decline. You know, those those barring something totally un- unforeseen. You know, we'll, we should have two more guys in the first eighteen picks next year too. Coach, how did it work with Rhett and? Rock when they got picked you send texts because they have a lot going on in their world is there something that the school does you know like what's the process now that they get picked is there something that you can do kind of after the fact once the dust settles for them of the craziness of this day yeah it's just let them enjoy the moment it's not about us it's not about Wake Forest right now it's about them and their families they both got good support people around them I, I watched the uh, the video camera of their of their houses and They've got their teammates with them. They've got their family with them. So, you know, right now it's just enjoy this moment. And, and uh, you know, and, and knowing both those guys, they'll be back to work tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. One more big picture question for you. When you're talking to recruits in high school about coming to college, right, not just going to Wake, but just going to play college ball instead of potentially going to the draft, does having the staff that you have and some of the other bigger programs have right now that we're talking about in the lab and, and showing the development that can be done in college versus at least some organizations and what their setup is like in the minor leagues, does that help the recruiting process? Is that something that's talked about a lot? I know there are at least some college players that'll be like, yeah, it's this or I spend my two, three years developing in the middle of nowhere with potentially an organization that's not set up as well as some of these college programs like Waycar. Yeah, we talk a lot about the player development, but we, we spend just as much time talking about your development as a man. You know, we spend a lot of time working on our team culture. We spend a lot of time helping these guys become more intentional about who they are, giving back to their communities, being great students, being men for others, you know, things like that. I think, I think all those things go into it. When you're talking about being a big leaguer, you know, we don't want our guys to have a cup of coffee in the big leagues. We want them to be 10-year, you know, big league vets. You know, we want them to get to salary arbitration and and beyond. And and I think what what a lot what you guys know because you've been there and done that. The mental part of it is just as big as the physical part of it. All these guys that are drafted today have the physical tools to play in the big leagues, but do they have the mental tools to play to stay in the big leagues? And you know, what we do best, I think, is prepare our guys for that part of it. Hey, well, congratulations to you. You guys have done an incredible job. What a year for Wake and the program and for the guys and more coming up for you to watch. I'm sure you'll be keeping an eye on the rest of the draft. Wait, hold on. Wait, before what? we let him go, is Witt's dad here? Is Bill here at the All-Star game? Uh, I'm sure he oh, is. Oh, Whit yeah. Merrifield's dad? Yeah, Whit Merrifield's dad works at Wake Forest. I don't... He's one of their army of people they have there. <laughs> Bill's our, Bill's our guy. We wouldn't have the pitching lab without Bill Merrifield. He's out there uh, beating the Wake Forest drum every chance he gets. All right. I love it. I love it. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the time, and uh, congratulations again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, y'all do, uh, appreciate all you do for our game.
Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. That was awesome. Steven Schott, a.k.a. Big Donkey. Give him a follow. He's got many. At Big Donkey 47, loving the draft right now and joining us. Hey, there he is, Big Donkey. Good to see you, man. How's draft uh, day one going for you? What do you like? What don't you like so far? It's been really good. I like that we've had for the first time in history two back-to-back first or, or the first and second pick coming from the same school. That's just crazy to think about. It makes me feel a lot better about LSU winning the national championship because, you know, everybody assumed they should, but seeing seeing those two guys go first and second overall is really, really cool. But it, it's just, it's felt right. You know, the guys who have all gotten picked so far, it's, it's been guys where every pick it's like, okay, no, that makes sense. They, they deserve to be picked at that spot. So it, it's just been really, really good to see these guys fulfilling their dreams out there, honestly. What's the next, what's the next stop on your tour, your baseball tour around America? So the next stop, we are shooting up to the Cape Cod League, going to see the All-Stars of tomorrow. Um, so we will be going up there, I believe, the 15th of July through the All-Star game. So I'm, I'm wicked excited about that for the New Englanders listening. Um, but I, I just can't wait to get up there. It's the Cape Cod baseball is like nothing. I, I can describe as I'm biting my headphones. Here. Hey, I called Cape Games for two years. Best yeah. two summers of my life, I would probably say. You were, yeah, you were it, a Cape guy. Me? So, big big, big broadcaster. Yeah. <laughs> it launched my broadcast career. So, but hey, no, I love Freddie it. Prince it's awesome Jr. up there. What? Chasing uh, the girl. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. chasing around Jessica Biel. Summer Catch was yeah. literally made, it was, a, it was about me, but it was a broadcaster. And they were like, that's boring. We got to make it about a player. So then they yeah, decided to make Freddie a player, which made more sense. They they picked Sorry. a really good one for it. I mean, to get to get Freddie cast as you, that's a huge compliment, I would say. Um, but that's exactly what the Cape Cod player experience is like. Um, I can attest to it. Every guy there, that that was exact the exact experience they had. The movie Summer Catch. <laughs> so if Freddie Prince played Scotty Braun, who would play you, Big Donkey? Oh man, Bradley Cooper most likely. Either <laughs> him, um, Zach Efron, just because like the body comps are there. I, I think would be a good. No, I'd probably get like Jack Black or Danny McBride, something, something like that. Some, or, or the guy from Impractical Jokers. That guy I, here, I look like him. Or Rosie you. O'Donnell in A League of Their Own. Um, you, <laughs> Brian Quinn, is Rosie yeah, O'Donnell. exactly. Him, yeah. Fun? So, I, I think those are all comps. I mean, l- large dude with a beard. It's it, there's endless possibilities out there. Wait, you're going you're going on a tour around America for the summer, and you're going from Cary, North Carolina, to the Cape. How could you miss like the New England Bat Wood Bat League and the Valley League and the the Coastal <laughs> Carolina like? You're only going big time. I think you've changed. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm definitely selling out. Um, I'm starting up there because it's the guys I tweet about the most that are typically up there. So I figure it'll be good to highlight them, kind of dip people's toes in the water of summer college baseball. 
And then once this goes really well and everyone's like, oh, what's he going to do next? That's when we go into those grittier leagues, the leagues that don't get as much attention. We go, oh, no, this is this is what your favorite players doing the rest of the year. Like, it's not all glitz and glamour. Like, there, there's some good stuff in there. So I'm really excited to get get those leagues highlighted as well. And hopefully make it out to the West Coast League at some going, point, too. You're going into the jungle. That's the jungle. The Valley <laughs> League, the Coastal Carolina League. That's the jungle. Oh, my goodness. The Cal Ripken League. I can't wait to go back to the Cal Ripken League. That was <laughs> one of my favorite places in the world. I mean, playing baseball for the big train was so much fun. And, you know, honestly, like, where I'm at in my career, I see a lot of guys I play with making their debuts and making it to the big leagues. And of all the teams I was on, the big train probably has the most guys in the MLB right now. And granted, I played with them while I was younger. But, you know, there's just talent everywhere. And that's what's so good about college baseball is that access to it's getting better and better and easier and easier. So it's an exciting time for sure. Wait, which league has the best dipping dots? Oh, man. So for good dipping dots, you don't want it to be too humid. Um, humidity plays a huge factor in the melting process, I feel like. Um, there's probably science behind it, but you could look it up or you could just trust me and skip the reading. Um, so, you know, typically, I, I would say wherever the least humidity is, I know there was one year that it was the year COVID happened, the only summer league was in Texas. I feel like that would probably be the honestly most elite place to eat them just because the air is drier typically i think i'm not a meteorologist um <laughs> and it's also just hot all the time so i feel like you know the refreshment factors there too which can be can be slept on steven when you get up to the cave first of all fix your we got to get you some ear pieces that fit so you don't have to <laughs> keep grabbing them when you i get know up to the cave, we're gonna need some videos I've never been to Cape Cod, so I want to live through you. So I right. need you, like... You say make some videos? Yeah, make some videos, post yeah. them, because I want to see... You want to see, like, the landscape of the Cape? You've yeah. never been up there? No. You've never just so gone to watch a game? I want to see it, and I want to see him, like, in Amity, where they film Jaws, him in a Speedo, going out in the water, <laughs> and the mayor of Amity's like, there's a shark! There are sharks up there. That's real. I know. I That's real. I'm letting you know. You said you know. You've never been there. <laughs> like I'm, I'm shy. not messing with. I'm not messing with the ocean. Not this year. This year, the ocean is just. It, it's coming out with a vengeance. I'm not trusting it this year. I will go don't on go a shark a tour. Hey, no, go God, no. Sub. <laughs> no. Oh, please, no. But especially a I, sub controlled by a Logitech. <laughs> yeah, there were there were a couple of red flags going in. But uh, Steven, there. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so my goal up there in the Cape, I'm going to spend about a week up there. I'm going to try to highlight some of the games from, you know, like a day in the life perspective of the players, but also what's it like to go to and catch a Cape game as a fan? Just because it, it's really hard. I, I know I say college baseball is successful. The Cape is kind of difficult to get to. And I understand it's one of the extremities in the nation that people don't want to go all the way out there. So my goal is to give that experience to you guys. So hopefully you'll let me know if I do a good job of that or by saying whether or not you liked it, and we'll go from there. You've been doing a great job, dude. We love following everything you're doing. So give us some of your favorites 
in the draft this year? Like, who were you excited Teal. to see get picked? Teal. Teal, obviously. You can talk about Homer. Teal. Teal dropped a little further than most people anticipated. The Red Sox might have gotten themselves the catcher of the future to go along with. Uh, we know Marcelo Meyer is going to be a stud when he gets up to the big. So they might have their catcher and shortstop for the next 10 years locked up now. Yeah, Kyle, what makes him dangerous as a baseball player and what I think will give him a longevity in his career is like he doesn't really realize how talented he is because he's just going out and trying to have fun. Like he's got one of the most violent baseball swings I've ever seen in my life. His helmet always flies off. And it it's that way, not because he's trying extra hard or anything like that. It's just because he's going out and having a blast while doing it. Like he he's one of the most athletic kids I've ever seen. He's not worried about like, oh, mechanically, what should I be doing? He's just worried about like, oh, there's a ball. How do I get it and deliver it to where it needs to go in the fastest possible way? And so I, I'm really excited and happy for him. I think the Red Sox really got a good good one for him or good one for their organization. I was really happy to see Rhett Louder going to the Reds because I I really have been impressed with the Reds lately in their development and just like the way they move people through the farm system pretty quickly. Um, speaking mainly just because I followed my friend Andrew Abbott and he moved up really fast. But I really like when teams do that just because I feel like sometimes these college guys will go into the minor leagues and then just, you know, you don't hear about them for a number of years. And if they make it, great. And if they don't, you don't hear about them. So I, I like... I like I like the teams that can really just move guys up fast. So I was really happy to see Rhett Lauder going to the Reds. Um, I I am I am really excited for Jake Elloff too. When when the time comes, I think uh, whatever team ends up landing Jake is gonna is gonna really be happy with their choice. I mean, I I'll. I'll probably be one of the more, more biased media members you meet. And that's because I'm just now kind of realizing I'm an actual media professional now. Um, so I'm slowly weaning off the bias, but not, not very effectively. Steven, Virginia can't get chin straps for their helmets. So when steel swings, you know, stay on. <laughs> I, I proposed the idea to him, but I, I think he just thinks it looks cooler. And <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Like, you guys know how ball players are. Like, they're all superstitious. I feel like Kyle, like, when he hit his first double, the helmet came off, and he was just like, you know what? We're rolling with that forever. Um, helmet comes off, extra base hit happens. Like, just, I, I can see it being a superstition thing. But also, maybe maybe when he gets the minors and, like, rookie ball, we'll find out. Um, we'll finally get an answer. Because I assume they have fitted helmets and <laughs> and things that'll be – you know, a little bit tighter to keep the helmets on. So you were in a you were in a bar when Walker Jenkins got selected. <laughs> Tell us what happened. Yeah, so I I'm in Southport, North Carolina, which is a beautiful place. Highly recommend visiting it if you've never seen it. Really cool area. But you know, I'm driving through and we drive by South Brunswick High School. I'm like, wait a minute, that, they're about to have a kid drafted from there. And so I was sitting eating dinner with my wife and we were watching the draft and I believe it was fifth overall that he gets picked and I'm looking around and I, I'm expecting the place to go nuts. Like it, it's on the bar's main TV. It's the biggest TV in the place. They had switched it to, I believe, summer league basketball at around 640 
And I was like, hey, uh, I, I don't mean to be that guy, but is there a TV where I could get this draft on? Because I think some of my friends might be going. And also, like, there's a guy who's literally maybe half a mile away who's about to become a multimillionaire. Like, that, that could be cool. That could be cool to see. So I'm expecting, like, some people to at least be like, oh, yay, nothing, nothing, just crickets. And, you know, they show they show his draft party, and he's at home, and there's lots of people there. Everybody's super happy for him. But I, I really expected something more out of, out of the crowd, and I tweeted the video out, and someone was like, well, that, that's probably a lot of people on vacation, a lot of people visiting. And as someone who was visiting and was at that bar, I was like, huh. That, that could also be a good point. I cannot think, believe that whole situation. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. It's hometown. Like, give me a little bit of love just because he's not there. No, but it shows that people don't know high school players. They don't know them. Well, that's that's kind of what I was going to ask. Do we not promote we also baseball? When you say we, because I don't want to be affiliated with some of the we's that you might be going down. I don't work for the league. Does America not promote <laughs> high school, obviously, but college baseball enough? I mean, obviously, we're, I think we're getting better, but do we not do it enough? I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, it's like pistachios. Can you ever have enough? Probably not. Um, but it, it's something where everybody's been trending in the right direction, like strictly speaking from social media, because that's where I live my life now and some weird turn of events that has placed me in this position. But just from a social media perspective, the number of people talking about college baseball, whether it's professionals talking about it or, you know, people just casually watching the game and talking about it, it's going up. And, you know, this was the most viewed College World Series game three in the history of the sport, I believe. And it was the number one viewed event on ESPN for, I know that day, I don't know what other metrics, but there are some good metrics associated with it. And you get over three and a half million people watching this baseball game. And it's, it's just really like growth that hasn't been seen before. And you know, I'm hoping it'll kind of become one of those things where it just becomes such a household brand where, you know, if you're living in an area around one of these big teams, you're sitting down at dinner. It's like, hey, did you see what Craig did in this baseball game today? Like, I, I think once we get to that point, college baseball will really will really be in a good place. But it's a matter of fighting until we get there. All right. So since Scott and Kratz don't promote it, we can blame Baseball America. <laughs> I don't know who's to blame. Yeah, we, we just we we hate baseball. <laughs> hate it. Literally all they do. My my, my life's work of the last twenty years down the drain. It's literally hey, got, in the name. Baseball you America. Guys got, <laughs> baseball America literally created pick by pick after what round did you say it was? Two? Like when, the first. After the first when they did when they didn't tell everyone where they got picked. Eventually, they probably looked and said, well, BA is doing this anyway. I guess we'll let the picks know when it's happening. I mean, the crazy thing about it is, is we have further to go. Absolutely. But if you think back to the 70s, none of this, anyone cared about any of it. We're sitting here live streaming during the draft. In the 70s, like, I don't even know if it got into the newspaper. In the 70s, 
when the College World Series ended, I don't know if they remembered who won, basically. If you, had, if you found a baseball fan in 78, 79 and said, who won the World Series, College World Series? If they were smart, they would just say Arizona State or USC, <laughs> and they'd be about 50-50 that they'd be right. But no one cared. And where we are now, I'm not saying everyone knows, but if you're a baseball fan and you say, who won the College World Series this year? You probably know well, too. If you say, who were the best players on that team? You probably know that Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz are really good. I'm not saying we don't have a long way to go, but like, you know, like you, Stephen, you, as you promote it, we're a long way from even where we were five years ago in some ways, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, there were never Twitter accounts like I, I remember when I was playing when Cespedes barbecued, they were the first people to tweet about me. They tweeted a video of me and I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But it wasn't until my fifth year into college baseball that I was like, oh, people are tweeting videos about college baseball these days. Like it, it wasn't a thing my freshman year that there was a college baseball account even that like you could follow like a main college baseball account that would just kind of pump stuff out, it felt like. And so just the amount of coverage and the amount of video access really has really been just, I, I can't even speak to how important it's been for the growth of the game. Just because, you know, having a tweet where it's like, holy cow, someone just made an incredible play. That's cool. But having a video to go with that, that changes things. That that makes people excited and that gives people a way to, in short form, in short form consume this game, which typically you can't really do. So those clips and, you know, the way media has been changing to deliver these clips has been really cool to see. And just it, the growth has been incredible. I mean, even just in the span of one kid's playing career and, you know, I know my playing career was a little bit longer than everybody else's, but at the same time, it was, it was a lot of change and all in the right direction, which has been really good to see. All right. Besides you, who is the best follow for, you know, kind of offbeat college baseball slash amateur baseball content? Oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say this and sound like a suck up, but Peter Flaherty. Peter Flaherty, without a doubt, is one of the best, best guys to follow if you're looking for that college baseball content. Love it. If we're Thank going from an amateur standpoint. That's our new hire this year for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. There you go. Sorry. That's why I said suck up. <laughs> hey, Steve. Yeah, no, that, time, that's dude. a great hire right there. Yeah, of yeah, course. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun, dude. Great to have you on. Enjoy the trip in the Cape. <laughs> of course. I appreciate it. Thank you all very much. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL. F-O-U-L for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code. Foul.